Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. موسیقی محبت کا زینہ باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم باہاروں کی آمد صبا کا ترنم نکاح عقد مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم السلام علیکم ورحمت اللہ وبرکاتہ اسٹیم لسنرز آف سریس ایف ایم ان مرکز صحابہ دو فویس آف احل سنہ والجمعہ وی ویلکم یو تو دس پروگرم دو بلس آف میریج دو دیت تو دی ایز دی الیونت آف شعبان فورٹین فورٹی فائیو the 11th of Shaban 1445, corresponding to their Gregorian calendar, the 21st of February 2024. The dua we should be making for Shaban, Allahumma barik lana fi Shaban wa balighna Ramadan. So this is the dua that we should be reciting in abundance. Let's welcome our Honorable, Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Samta Ahmad Barakatuhu. Remember all listeners can send in your queries to the number 084-786-3132. Foreign country plus two seven the code eight four seven eight six three one three two. Let's welcome Mufti Sab. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu fiqum mona zaid kan jazakallahu khairan. Mufti Sab, the updates with regards to Rafah in Gaza. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد All praise due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Today is the 10th of Sha'aban, 14.45. These are the headlines in the Haaretz newspaper. Day number 128. Israel. They got here Israel cautiously. So Israel cautiously optimistic after U.S. ramps up efforts to broker hostage deal. Syrian state media reports Israeli attack on residential building in Damascus. Next one, report of fatal attack on vehicle in Derbala in central Gaza. Iran's oil minister says Israel behind attack on gas pipelines. IDF, that is the Israeli diaper force. We don't call them defense force, we say diaper force. So forces killed three militants in Janine, 40 wanted persons arrested in West Bank. They can just arrest anybody and they will make a big thing about it. Proper Haramis they are and super terrorists they are. They and America, the world saw yesterday also that 13 countries voted immediate ceasefire and Britain abstained and U.S. used its veto. So the world comes to know, in fact, they are doing a great job for 
for Hamas that they recruit recruiting more and more members and sympathizers to Hamas. So that is Allah's system. They plot and plan and Allah has his master plan. So they make more people join. You must remember the Mujahideen. Live update, Saria says Israeli missiles hit residential building in Damascus too killed. The pro-Israeli evangelical money helping bankroll Trump's presidential run. West Bank occupation outweighed defense of the Gaza border on the eve of October 7th. For Israel's economy, it's one war down, another to go. Israeli soldiers looting in Gaza is part of the revenge. Okay, this also I gave you yesterday. An Indian workers queue up to work in Israel. Safety concerns and moral questions arise. Through two draft laws that could bring down Netanyahu's government. Netanyahu prefers stagnation for Israel. It spells disaster. And then, yeah, the question arises, Israel AG, the Attorney General warns Netanyahu's government don't use law enforcement to quash protests. So many protests against them, that is from their own people, never mind from the outside people. So that is what you will find there in the Haaretz. And if you look at other news, then you will find all this is breaking now as I speak to you. Number one, Israel bomb shelter in southern Gaza, continuously deadly raids in West Bank. U.S., Russia, and Egypt headline world court speakers on Israeli occupation. 75 years of colonization apartheid. So that is what's happening there in Israel today. Analysis, how Russia, Ukraine's military stack up after two years of war. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange makes final bid to avoid extradition to U.S. And thereafter, let's see what else we got here. World condemns U.S. latest United Nations Security Council veto on Gaza ceasefire. So they have become, you must remember, the pariah states. They want to make Palestinians, Hamas, the pariah. They themselves became pariah. And you see, they want to kick out the people, Palestinians from Gaza. Minimum, I'm telling you, half a million Jutlas, Haramis, Israelis have left Israel for good. In Gaza City, death and famine takes hold amidst Israel's war. So that is what is happening now. Israel's war on Gaza, list of key events, day 138. I think there on top they made a mistake. They said day 128. It's 138 day. So anyway, we must remember. So that is what's breaking on all these other news channels and so forth. If you just look at the headlines. West only making things worse for Ukraine. Russian ambassador Boris Johnson wanted, <laughs> listen to this, Boris Johnson wanted $1 million for interview. Tucker Carlson, that's a good one. Because Boris Johnson is another guy, he can't remember what how many women he slept, you know. So you must remember five women came so far that I know. They said that he impregnated them. So U.S. blocks third Gaza ceasefire push at United Nations. So as long as they keep on, you must remember, humiliating America, that's good also. Israel has the same Western support as Hitler. 
Maduro. So he is of Venezuela, and they're going to join BRICS also very soon, as I told you this morning. The ghost of apartheid triggered South Africa's case against Israel in The Hague. I need to read that again. The ghost of apartheid triggered South Africa's case against Israel in The Hague. So, so many things going on, remember, in the world. Allah, Jalla wala, let peace prevail. But for peace to prevail, there is one prerequisite, and that is justice. No justice, no peace. Remember, the war goes on, the jihad goes on. Okay, three, four announcements. Today is the 10th of Shaban. For those of us here in South Africa, Southern Africa, Mauritius, Sunday night is the auspicious night of Shave Bara'at, Laylatul Bara'at, Laylatul Nisfim in Shaban. So you fast on Monday, and the big night, auspicious night, is Sunday night. If you fast all three days, that is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that's bravo, excellent, very good. That's the Sunnah and Nabawiyah. If you can't manage three, then you keep two, Sunday, Monday, good. And you can't manage that, you you fast only on Monday, so that's also good and acceptable, remember that. Those of you living in Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara, Palestine, Aqsa, Mubarak, Gaza, and Mubarakah, or in Europe, America, and most countries in the world, so your big night will be Saturday night. So remember, Saturday night, we must spend time in Ibadah, stay away from all the haram every day, but more so on such auspicious occasions. Faqumu laylaha wa naharaha, the hadith in Ibn Majah, so you should stay awake at night and the next day so there Sunday will be the big day the auspicious day 15 day of Shaban in those countries so then you should be fasting Friday Saturday and Sunday for us in South Africa Saturday Sunday and Monday and remember break time you will hear the du'as and so forth and so on so that is the preparation we should make second one how do we prepare for Layla to Nisfim in Shaban so all these vices we are involved in three four I'll mention where we have severed ties with our own family members the Quran Sharif has a stern warning remember that that is mentioned in chapter number 47 and that is Surah Muhammad and verses 22-23 in Tawallaytum when you have authority and Tufsidu Fil Ardi you cause mischief mayhem on this earth arhamakum, and you sever the family ties so those are the people Allah Jalla curses them deprives them of his special mercy and then spiritually he makes them deaf and spiritually blind chapter 47 surah Muhammad named after the master Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Verses 22-23, a major, major sin. It is not Sagira, a minor sin. It is not Kabira, a major sin. It is Akbarul Kaba. It is the worst and most heinous of crimes. 
Second one, Mudmin Khamarin, people addicted to alcohol, drugs, and all these issues nowadays which are rife and rampant. Never mind, never mind among non-Muslims. You speak of Muslims. How many youths, how many men, how many women are involved? Allah forbid, Allah protect us all. Next one, Zanin, people involved in fornication, adultery, people today gay, Muslims, Allah forbid, Allah forbid. So these are punishable by death for adultery and gay brigade and so forth. And thereafter, that Al-Aqun day people who are disobedient, rebellious against their parents. So we need to address and redress these issues. And you, this morning I received a question. He said, my father swore me and he disgraced me. Must I still go and ask him for maaf and forgiveness before 15 night of Shaban? I said, yes, it's mandatory, compulsory upon you. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa hadith in al-adabul mufrad imam bukhari rahimahullah's work o son o daughter you must go and do good for your parents and show respect to them wa in zalama wa in zalama wa in zalama even though they are in the wrong you must still show them the love and respect and so forth and if they swore you you must still go and ask them for forgiveness you can never ever repay them for what they did for us whilst we were a baby in our formative years whilst we were growing up as a teenager and so forth so sometimes they lose their temper so now we forget everything so that is unbecoming of a true Muslim son and a Muslim daughter Muslima we should know where our the rank and status of our parents so try and address and redress all these issues now immediately inshallah and you know today is Wednesday so between Zohar and Asr duas are accepted also mentioned in Al-Adabul Mufrad and during the battle of and that was in the fourth year of the Hijra. The enemies, the coalition surrounded Medina and, you know, they lay a siege for 27 days, almost a month. And on the Wednesday, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah made dua, it was accepted. So therefore, we also should use this opportunity. One dua I teach you now today, Allahumma shdud. What ataka ala juyushil amerikiyin wa israeliyin wa a'da'iddin in any language you can say ya allah increase your punishment and tighten your grip on the american army and they are chamchas and satellite states saudi arabia emirates bahrain jordan egypt and morocco and all these haramis murtads remember that and traitors to islam and remember that these people, yeah, the Houthis and the Hezbollah, the Shias, the non-Muslim, but much better than these Sunni countries who are murtads. See, this Ansarullah, what they did. That they brought down the British ship and they brought down the American ship. And those cost millions and millions. And you know how they have mastered the art with the drones so and their missiles. It costs $10,000, $20,000. And they are bringing down the ships and what have you. That cost $20,000, million U.S. dollars. So we must give them, you understand, credit for what is due to them. Wonderful strategy. I heard one American saying that we don't know what to do because first time in warfare, he 
history that we are being hit from under the water also and so forth and so on so therefore we should be very grateful that these people are standing up for Gaza and Palestine and so forth inna allaha la yu'ayyidu hadha deen bi rajul al-fajir hadith in Bukhari Sharif verily Allah Jalla Wala sometimes occasionally uses non-Muslims to help the cause of Islam so when the Sunnis have deserted them abandoned them and they just make some public statement just for public consumption to fool their people because they know masses are asses and so forth so we must not get fooled by that we must be 100% clear speaking about that we know 29th of May is election South Africa I see some of the Malwis are very busy so you must remember campaigning for the ANC but the ANC is going to lose according to all the political fundis and pundits and experts they say definitely they will not get 50% never mind more than that so I hope that happens so they fooled you in 94 and thereafter I never ever voted for them for no 94 any other time for ANC we voted but not for them and not for the DA and not for EFF as well so remember we're transparent alhamdulillah we'll speak the truth we don't have to fear anybody so we know tomorrow is day of reckoning and accountability in front of all Almighty Allah so you scratch my back I scratch your back so you see Malvi's Imam shares giving big big lectures you must vote for the ANC and so forth and so on and then they collect money from the ANC so how that works now I'm asking you so that is how the world goes round today money makes the world go round you know so the people become munafikin and hypocrites and sell their souls to the devil that is what happens Allah protect us all I mean Muftisah paid a question here about the 15th of Shaban is a person who wears his pants below his ankle amongst those who will not be forgiven remember that yesterday that those people who were Salafis and they called themselves proud Salafis what happened to you <laughs> so you must remember I gave you such a threshing from now till Kiamat you won't forget so with Allah's help you can't bring one evidence to break my Dalil and evidence I gave you and I challenge you that you must tell me when you're going to make a public announcement and the public announcement was that is that you must say MBS Murtad bin Shaitan is what we say a Murtad and out of the fall of Islam publicly and you must stop taking money from him the word in the hadith is Musbilul Izar Musbilul Izar you see let me give you an analogy and chaos if you study Kitabu Tahara you will find Nom Nom means sleeping so Nom you say is Mufsidul Hudu Naqizul Hudu but sleep itself is not Naqizul Hudu so sleep leads to istirkha and mafasil our joints get loosened and weak and so forth and then khuruj takes place and then the wind comes out from the back and so forth so therefore we say that the norm so the norm is the alamat and the sign but the real rationale is what is that when it will be a recourse for the wind to come out therefore if a person is sitting on a firm place and then you just just doze off like that you will not break then so similarly when you study all these ahadith on musbilul izar whether it be our kurta going down whether it's our trouser it's not that that is the illet 
The illat is kibar, is pride, and so forth. Therefore, you will find in the hadith, man jarra izarahu khuyala, so that when you wear your izar. But that does not mean, now I say, no, I am going to wear my trouser, my kurta below the ankle, and then I, I don't have pride. So we can't say that, because Quran itself is saying, fala tuzakku anfusakum huwa a'lamu biman ittaqa. What I want to highlight is not only the trouser or the kurta below the ankle for the men that is for women it must be below the ankle it's compulsory so remember it is the illet is what the pride and arrogance comes so that is what we should understand from that hadith there so that also is mentioned among those people sometimes you see in the Arab world and other places how they wear it so that definitely is unacceptable a question, Muftisab, respected Muftisab, an unmarried revert sister would like to know why women can't go to work and be independent of men. She feels it's not fair. She does not have male relatives to support her and she does receive zakat. This question was posed to me today and the person who sent it said, please tell me in which program you will answer it. So I said, listen to Bliss of Marriage and between 11 and 12, we will pose the question. We, whatever question you ask, whether you want it on A or you want it, you must remember privately, we will do so. We got no problem with that. So you see, the problem is what? Your name is Amatullah. Your name is Abdullah. But that Amatullah, female slave of Allah, that Abdullah, male slave of Allah, that today because we are bombarded by the Western media and people love and addicted to movies and films and Hollywood, Bollywood, Robin Hood, Tiger Hood, a whole lot of big shaitans and haramis if you ask me, and that is the Islamic verdict as well. So now the thought process will become just like the non-Muslims. Maryam will think like Mary and Bilal will think like Bali. So that is what happens to you. So it's like your, if I take your question, so if we just extend it and apply the law of analogy and chaos, so I as a male can complain that why the women are falling pregnant, why the women are breastfeeding, why the women are experiencing menses, that we the men should also have all that. Then we will say total justice. Why the men must play best of five in tennis, the sets, and women must play best of three. In today's modern world, why America has not had a female president? Hillary Clinton thought she won in 2016. Till today, Allah has humiliated disgraced her and her husband forever. Whenever Bill Clinton's name comes, so the mind will go to Monica Lewinsky. What he was doing with her in the White House, what table and what and what, you can draw your own conclusions. So on all these issues here, why Israel, the rogue apartheid terrorist regime, never had a female president? They had a female prime minister, but never had a female president. So like that, my sister, you should know that Islam has given responsibilities and role to women and has given responsibilities and role to men. The woman's place in Islam is at home. From the time she is born till the time she gets married, the responsibility is the father. He must give the food, education, clothing, whatever medication is his responsibility.
When she gets married, from the time she's married till death, it is the husband's responsibility. So if you study Islamic Sharia, the divine code and law, the woman is on the receiving end. She doesn't have to spend anything. You can be a millionaire. You don't have to spend on your husband. You don't have to spend on your husband, on your children. If you do so, it is just the goodness of your heart. But it's not mandatory compulsory upon you to do so. Like how for a daughter-in-law to do some khidmat service for her mother-in-law, father-in-law and in-laws. It's just a favor she's doing. It's not something that even the husband can impose it upon her, that you must serve my mother every day, you must cook meals for my father every day. You can't do that. So in Islam there are hukuk and hudud. There are rights and there are limits and there are boundaries as well. So we need to understand how Islamic law works. So the man's job is that he must be the minister of foreign affairs. Outside everything he must do. Mustafa Habibuna Rasulullah performed his Sahib Zadi, his Ladli, his Habibati. So his beloved daughters, Nikah, in the second year of the Hijrah, during the month of Ramadan. If you want a reference, go open Musannaf Abdul Razak and you will find it. And then the battle of the dead. First, it was the battle of Badr, 17 Ramadan and then in the last 10 days was the Tazwiju Nikah Fatima so the Nikah of Sayyidah Fatima took place and so forth to Sayyidah Ali radiallahu anh now the master salam, is informing both of them you are my beloved Ladli Sahibzadi Piyari my beloved daughter Fatima radiallahu anh you Sayyidah Ali you are my beloved son-in-law Everything in the house, you're responsible. You are the minister of interior. Obviously, Nabi Salam didn't use those words. I'm giving it to you to make it easy for you because we, me, and you have puny little brains nowadays. And then you say, Ali, and everything outside, you are responsible. You're minister of foreign affairs. So you see our roles there. Now, yeah, in my house, you must remember, I'll never ask my wife, why you put this furniture here? Why you put this here? It's her business. She's the queen of the house. She must do as she feels like and so forth and so on. She will ask me, why you brought the cabbage and not the uh, lettuce or something? Why you brought tomatoes and you didn't bring uh, onions or something? So, you know, we men, sometimes we do half job and that. So she got the right to do all that, to ask. So the point I'm making is we must not encourage crouch upon the rights of one another but when the Muslim lady looks at the TV looks at the western world and sees how glamorous it is the ladies are working they got their freedom and their income and so forth (coughs) at what a price my sister number one 99% of the time you'll be missing your salat that you won't be able to perform all your salat on time Second one, you will have to work according to their dress code. And there you'll be compromising your shame, your haya, your modesty. Third one, when you start working outside, either you lose your shame and modesty, or either you lose, you must remember your virginity. You know what happens. The boss and the CEO, they will tell you, we will give you an increase, but you also have to do some favors for us. And you know what that is, that you have to sleep with this one, sleep with this one. Go and see in the Western world what is going on. That they, they speak about sexual harassment. Whilst I'm on this topic, I sent out something today. United Nations report. 
They say they're very concerned. They're all Haramis, but anyway, they say they are very, very concerned about the abuse and violations of the women, Palestinian women and girls that are there in detention and jailed in prison there. So the men, Israeli, Jutla, men, Harami, super terrorists, are strip-searching our Muslim women, our Palestinian women. Two of them were raped. So I sent out a message on X. I wanted to see if it's going through. So I wrote that these people are the scum on this earth. These people are the super terrorists on this earth. And the only solution is one settler, one bullet will settle the issue forever. So that is how we must get the message out to thousands of people because this Muslim Ummah, An-Nasu An-Ha Ghafilun, they are drowning. They live in their own world, Alice in the Wonderland, you know. They don't even know what is really happening in Gaza, Al-Mubarakah, in Palestine, in Buffatul Gharbiyah, the West Bank, and so forth and so on. So let's come back to you, my sister. So you will compromise your dress code. You will be missing your salat. You will have to interact with the man. And then when your superiors want to give you an increase, they will tell you they want something in exchange. So therefore, when it comes to working outside, when it means going physically to universities and so forth, for the lady, whether you admit, don't admit, does it affect, I know, because I interact with them on a daily basis. So either you lose your virginity, either you lose your haya and shame and modesty, or either you lose your iman and Islam, and you end up being a murtadda. It's a million times better for you to sit at home and collect zakat money than losing your haya and shame and modesty, than losing your virginity, losing your iman and Islam. It's a million times better that you collect zakat money than you go and take out life insurance and so forth. In mansa duat as anna mansa bruat, so now we paid one million and the payout is ten million, so that nine million is haram. But this ummah today, our thought process is not that of a Muslim. Ninety percent, them always can't think like Muslim, majority of them. So, and the sheikhs and the imams of today, not only South Africa, worldwide. I travel so many countries with Allah's help and Allah's mercy. So this is the big challenge. The thought process, al-ghazwul fikri, in Arabic you call it. In Urdu you call it ihsas kamtari That the Muslim ummah today is involved, you must remember, in what you call the... Uh, inferiority complex so that they suffer they feel the West is the best and white is right so that is where the problem lies we must believe in wahi this morning I gave advice yeah, in the masjid you know when I finish my morning program I go to the masjid Sufi masjid and I give daily hadith so today I told them see we all know there is so much crime corruption kidnapping hijacking so what is our solution? So what will you tell your spouses? What will you tell your children, your grandchildren? In Islam, when you want to solve a problem, first point of reference, Quran Sharif. Second, a hadith and a baviyah, sunnah and 
nabawiya sunnah mubarakah third the akwal afal and comment together sahaba radiyallahu and what they taught us so quran sharif taught us whenever you emerge from your home so read surah 12 surah yusuf chapter 12 verse 64 hence all might Allah is the best of protector whilst he all might Allah alone arhamur rahimin is the most merciful one to show mercy Nabi Yaqub alayhi salam Jacob peace be upon him is teaching his sons that this is the dua and supplication you must read and we have to follow the prophets and messengers you must follow in their footsteps Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu hadith in Tirmidhi Bismillah tawakkaltu ala Allah wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah three phrases we know it so recite it Bismillah in the name of Allah tawakkaltu ala Allah I place my trust only on Allah not on people and organizations and this one no place our trust solely only exclusively on Allah jalla wala and then Wala hawla wala illa billah. There is no might to take me towards righteous deeds. There is no power to prevent me from vices and sins except Almighty Allah. Four things will happen. Hadith is sahih, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi. Hudita, you'll be guided. Wakufita, your needs for that day will be taken care of. Wawukita, divine protection will come. Watanaha and hu shaitan, all the shaitan, Iblis, Lucifer and his progeny all will take flight and run away. Quran Sharif, Sunnah and Nabawiyah, now Sahaba. Al-Adabul Mufrad, again I'm giving you reference of it. So there Imam Bukhari, Amirul Mu'minin fil Hadith, Imam Muhammad bin Ismail is teaching us, Abdullah ibn Umar and Sahaba radiallahu an, when they used to leave their home, they used to say, say that Allahumma sallimni, Ya Allah, you protect me from the evil of others. They want to shoot me, they want to kill me, they want to harm me, they want to make propaganda against so all of us, right? So Allahumma sallimni. And then, wasallim minni. And protect others from my evil. I don't harm them in any way or any other method or whatever you. Or better to read collectively, Allahumma sallimna. Ya Allah, protect us, me, my wife, my children, my siblings, my parents, whoever, like that. And wasallim minna. Now you teach me something better than the Quran Sharif, better than the Sunnah Nabawiya, better than Sahaba. You'll never find. So this is what our Deen is all about. So Allah give us through tafakkuh, the true understanding of what Deen and Islam, the religion, is all about. Muftisab, a person says, I'm neighbors with my mom-in-law and she expects to go to her every day, but my housework and daily routines take up most of my day. I go when I'm available, but not always. Is that considered to be rude? So who goes? That the son is asking he wants to go to his mother's place or the daughter is asking she wants to go to her mother's place? What's the real question there? It sounds like the daughter-in-law. 
So, so you, the daughter-in-law, so once you are married, you must know your list of priorities. The hadith is mentioned in Mustadrak Hakim. Our Ustad, our Sheikh Muhammad Al-Sabuni, Rahimahullah, he hails from Halab, Aleppo, Syria, and his family, grandfather, great-grandfather, were involved in the sabun trade, the soap trade. So therefore, he, his brother, Sheikh Diyawuddin, I met him with Allah's help also. He's a big shair and adib, a linguist par excellence. So anyway, these are great, great people he passed away in Istanbul he's buried there so he gave me a book Aziwajul Mubakkir you must get married early Suleiman quickly you must get married not delay delay you get delay delay then you become half past six and then you lose everything so all of you must try and get married quickly boys and girls male and female so the point I'm making in this is in this book yeah so Sheikh Sabuni quoted a beautiful hadith which will solve the problem for our sister yeah the person who has the greatest rights over the male even after his marriage Ummuhu is his mother biological mother and the person who has the greatest rights over the female after her marriage is Zawjuha so first is your husband then comes your parents so even if you are neighbors what business you have to go every day to your parents place so you don't need for that so if your husband gave you permission and you go every day half an hour one hour is no problem but if every day you are going there and you spend three four five hours there and the husband's work or the housework or the children and that are being neglected so obviously it's not permissible so life I just made the statement just now remember these two words both are in the Quran one is hukuk and one is hudud so hukuk is to fulfill the rights of all Mighty Allah Jalla Wala, Mustafa Sallallahu Sallam and then our parents and our you know our human beings and so forth husband, wife, children so forth and hudud everything must happen walhafidhina lihududillah or walhafidhuna lihududillah that you must stay within the parameters and boundaries of Islam so that is what Islam is teaching us Inshallah we'll go for the break and meet you after the break Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Respected listeners of Sirius FM and Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Muftizab, the question here is Does an alim need his wife's permission to become a Hajj guide? Can an alim go alone every year, though there is no strict parda during these trips? Videos and photos are also being taken of everyone. Your advice, please, Mufti Sa. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Regarding the dua that played now, that they just played half, they're supposed to play both. So before iftar, so now the adhan is starting from maghrib. For example, you're fasting today, tomorrow, and the maghrib adhan is about to start, and they sing Allahu Akbar. So at that time there, you say, Allahumma, O beloved Allah, laka sumtu, for your love, your pleasure, I kept this fast. Wa ala rizqika, and on your risk and your sustenance, after to I made iftar. So that dua should have played first, and then the second dua after iftar. So both ahadis are authentic mentioned in Abu Dawood. So before iftar, Allahumma lakasumtu, wa ala rizqika aftartu. And after you had the dates, water, samosa, tea, whatever, 
and before your Maghrib Salat, then you read the second dua, Zahaba Zama'u Wabatalatil Uruku Wasabatal Ajru Allah. So that is how we should try and memorize these duas, inshaAllah. And for fifteen night of Shaban, the dua mentioned in Mishkachari, Bayhaki, Shuabal Iman and so forth. Uh, and I told you that the authentic hadith is mentioned in Mishkat Mustad Ahmad when you read your Witr Salat and you read Allah Mahdina Fiman Hadayt or you read Allah Mahdina Nasta Inuka, all these are flexible issues, Al Babu Wasi'un. Then before going into Ruku and so forth, then read this dua here, and this is Sahih authentic hadith. Every night we should practice on it. أَعُوذُ بِأَفْوِكَ مِنْ إِقَابِكَ وَأَعُوذُ بِرِضَاكَ مِنْ سَخَتِكَ وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْكَ And the Jalla Wajuk is not authentic. So leave that portion out. وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْكَ Then Allahumma la uhsi tanaan alayk anta kama asnayta la nafsik So once we read this dua, we are reviving a sunnah and nabawiyah. So now, best is when I used to go with Allah's help, Allah's mercy, then we always used to try to go together, my wife, myself, and so forth. So every year the Molana is going, get a free ticket, go to us, and so forth. The wife don't come. And then you have to go minimum four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. And then you alone, you have to interact with so many women. And then you have to pose for photos and so forth. Most of the agents will do that. Because the aim is not khidmat of the hajis. The aim is to make money. This whole thing of halal today, Sharia compliant and halal logos. You see today, I sent out about McDonald's and so forth. So to all the groups and Telegram and what. So our fatwa, not from today, for years now, 10 years or so. So there's McDonald's, KFC and whatever you, all haram it is. So even the Sharia compliant, there's nothing Sharia compliant. So similarly, some people, they go with murtads also for hajj, you know. So what they care, as long as you must remember the staying five-star hotel and so forth and so on. So it's not permissible for a Molvi or Sheikh or person to go and then more so you're going alone five weeks, six weeks, you leave your wife alone, your children alone and then you're going to pose there for photos and group photos and then you're going to stop chatting up some women and women chatting you up and so forth. So they're all dangerous things this year. How many a time you must remember the Mawlana is alone with the woman. What Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, whether it's Mawlana or whether it's anybody else, la yakhluwanna rajulun bimratin illa wa thalisuma shaitan. So whenever there's a strange male and female in the alone, how you'll be alone? So now you are in the left and you alone and a lady comes in. It happens or doesn't happen? Many times it will happen. Who will walk out? Nobody walks out. The Molana won't walk out and the lady won't walk out. And so so we must be very, very careful. We're compromising ourselves in all this situation. Therefore, ittaku and mawadi ittuhma. Stay away from places where people can accuse you. There's a shortcut, but you have to walk through the casino, through the pub, through the haram place and so forth. And there's a long cut. So rather take the long cut and so forth.
So therefore, we must be very careful. If you, the wife, gave permission, the husband, the Molana goes, he stays away from the women and no photos, then it's permissible. But we're speaking about generally what happens today, then that can never be good. And remember, they just feel they're going for a joyride also. You must remember that. And they will say, it's very good the wife didn't come. You understood? Remember, they will say, they just troubled the whole time. You understand? They're shopping, they're shopping, they're shopping. So I get a free ride and I don't have to buy a lot of things. You understand? Ma con or be we con. The program is bless of marriage. So be we con or ma con. Who is a mother and who is a wife? So I went to London, I went to New York, I went to Dubai, Maldives, Mauritius, and Malaysia alone. I don't go alone, example I'm giving. So when I came back, my beloved mother is there and my darling wife is there. So Bivin Epucha, the wife asked what you brought from me. So everybody got the motive. So the wife got the motive, the husband got the motive. So Merilia what you brought from me. Walida Muhtaramani Arskya, then the honorable mother said, Beta, did you eat? So you see, a mother's love, pure love. There's no hidden agenda, no ulterior motive. So that is why there's so much virtue for our beloved mothers. Always understand that. So that is what Islam lays emphasis on. We've set up a question on haith here. When a woman's haith is irregular and lasts for more than 10 days, should she make a mandatory ghusl on the 11th day or at the end of the 10th day and thereafter follow the rules of istihada? First and foremost, you must know these basic rules. You must know, according to Hanafis, the minimum amount of days of menses are three and maximum amount of day of menses are ten. That is Hanafi. And then Hanafi say all colors that come out then, whether it's red, black, or yellow, green, whatever, you must remember. So all are haiz. That is Hanafi school. According to Shafis and them, so minimum days are one day. Hayes, menses, and maximum is 15 days. Then the Shafi'is work with Tamiz, Bil Alwan. So you can become a Mumayiza, you can distinguish between the colors and so forth and so on when it's red, dark red, blackish, and so forth. So that will be your menses and so forth. So these are basic rules you must know. When your menses ends, right, and whether it's 10 days Hanafis or whether it's 15 days Shafi'is, then your next menses cannot commence and begin unless minimum 15 days of tuhur. Minimum, this is minimum. So there must be minimum 15 clean days. So if you're experiencing spotting, bleeding, all that during those days, so that is istihaza. So let's take the question you pose now. So if your rehabit is irregular and what have you, so now you say there are 10 days. And now when your 10 days have finished, 240 hours. So now 24 hours times 10, so that to 240 hours. So when your 240 hours finish, same time you must take a bath. Why? Because now you have to start reading your salat. You can't say, no, I will make ghusl on the 11th day. So in a case like that, most probably you will either miss your fajr or your maghrib or your isha or anyone salat. That's absolutely haram then. So you must be very meticulous and particular about this 
type of issues. You know after 240 hours, so you're finished now. There's no possibility of menses now. So if there's bleeding, spotting, then according to Hanafis, that's 100% ishtihada, and your greatest concern will be that you have to perform salat on time. So after 240 hours, so ghusl is immediately compulsory. Yes, unless there's still a lot of time. For example, like now, you got clean, uh, 100%, you sure now, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, yet you got clean in the morning. So now you got 2-3 hours, that way you can still take the bath and so forth. But let's say it's now Asr time, and it's one hour left and so forth for Asr Salat to expire. So in a case like that, you have to take a bath immediately, because you have to read Asr Salat, and then Maghrib, and then Isha, and you can't say, no, I'll make Ghusl tomorrow, so then it means you will miss your Asr, you will miss your Maghrib, you will miss your Isha, and most probably miss your Fajr also. So that's absolutely haram. So we must be very, very careful. Therefore, Quran tells us this, it has a general connotation. Hafidhu ala salawati was salatil wusta. You must guard your salat, and especially the middle salat. And majority ula sahaba, ulama say that refers to asr salat, and therefore, this guarding salat is safaran wa hadaran, whether you are at home or whether you are traveling, whether it is tahiran or ha'izan. Obviously, upon a lady in haiz, there's no salat, but when you're getting clean, so then you must remember you can't be procrastinating and delaying. So therefore, you have to guard your salat, that you have to make sure you know what time you're going to take your ghusl, so in that interim period, you have not missed the first salat. Muftisab, a question, when, we should we, when should we fast? Is it Saturday or Sunday? The person is from South Africa. I answered the question already, but maybe you tuned in late, so no problem. For those of you, South Africa, Southern Africa, Mauritius, and those countries, so where today is the 10th of Shaban, so you fast on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And wherever you are, other countries, Makkah, Mukarramah, Madinah, Munawara, Masjid Al-Aqsa, Europe, America, and so forth, and so on so then there you will fast on Friday Saturday Sunday so that is how the summary of it is in South Africa Southern Africa Sunday night is auspicious night 15th night of Shaban Shab is Farsi Persian Bara'a Bara'a means to be emancipated liberated Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Aisha radiallahu an Allah jalla forgives this ummah aksa mean ghanami bani kalb meaning that more than the hair on the animal that is on the kalb tribe you know they had lot plenty animals so the ghanam and sheep and what have you so more than that Allah will forgive so it's bara'a it is liberation so emancipation from the fire so therefore shabe bara'a not barat Barat is wrong. Bara'ah. That is how the proper pronunciation should be. Or Laylatun Nisfi min Shaban is a proper term mentioned in the Hadith, the 15th night of Shaban. So, yeah, it will be Sunday night in South Africa, Sunday night in other countries, Southern Africa, South Africa, Sunday night, other countries, Saturday night. So, Muftisab, I think Monday we should fast, just yes. to clarify. Monday fast, Monday fast. 
Okay, that's, uh, there are many still, there's still many other questions. Inshallah, Mufti Sahib will answer it. You can message Mufti Sahib privately. So, if you want to send me WhatsApp messages, then contact me 071-888-1184 and keep it short and sweet. Kiss, you know. I know a long, long stories, please. Today, one lady from Norway contacted me. She gave me long stories. So I told her sister, find your ass, but keep it short, you know. So then afterwards, mashallah, everything was sorted out. So sometimes even the foreigners, they keep it short and sweet. Then we can go through. Now you're giving me long, long stories. Make my head turn also. So that is 071-888-1184. And if you understand, emails, akhussein at gmail.com. But I prefer WhatsApp. I just give voice message. I don't have to type in all those things there. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Empowering the Ummah